um, Vanessa Garretta here again from Beyond the Room and I'm here at um, York University for the World Mental Health Day event which if you're listening on Twitter is WMHD York hashtag. Okay and I'm here with Della Bailey who's just given a really fascinating um, presentation around a study for people with severe mental health difficulties who are wanting to give up smoking. So I'm just interested in, um, in catching Dalla for a few minutes and particularly for clinicians who are listening to um, just find out a bit more about the study and, um, and what the results were really. So Dalla, for people who are listening online who aren't here today, could you just give people a flavour of the study that you've been talking about today and what the kind of outcomes of that were? Yeah, so what we did was we developed a bespoke smoking cessation um, intervention which followed the, um, the the basic structure of the National Centre for Smoking Cessation um, training but was more flexible. So we offered... Um, home visits so most people were actually seen in in their own home um we offered up to 12 sessions um where with a normal stop smoking service you'd normally get get six um i mean what some of the people who who helped us with the, the study the participants said was that they really valued um the fact that it was um, a mental health nurse who who was um, supporting them to stop smoking um, and that they felt that they that they had an understanding of their mental health and how that might impact yeah. on them uh, stopping smoking. So why do you think it was important that um, people were seen in their own homes? Um, well, I think it was around giving them a choice. So we asked them where they prefer to be seen, and most people preferred to be seen in their own home but we did find that it was really useful because um, if other family members were there then they had an awareness of what the person was trying to do and some of the things that might help or some of the things that might get away get in the way of that um, we could see the environment that um, that they were they were living in you know look at things that might get in the way of them stopping smoking such as you know if they didn't have anywhere to go outside to smoke, say if they lived in a flat or whatever, just thinking about ways of um, uh, if, if they had somebody else it, that lived with them who smoked, you know, what, what could they do to, to make things easier for them by not smoking around them and that sort of thing. I can imagine as well with the unpredictability of um, somebody who's struggling with a mental mm. health on a day to day that um, being able to see people at home might have cut down and the people who were struggling to attend appointments and Yes, I think it definitely did because unless if they forgot, as long as they hadn't gone out, then you know the the practitioner would would still um, the mental health smoking cessation practitioner would still turn up, and in most cases people were quite happy to to go ahead. Then it's just that they you know that they'd forgotten, and so that did seem to did seem to work quite well. We've heard some interesting things today, really, about um, clinicians having a perception um, that people with severe mental health difficulties might not be wanting to give up smoking Mm. versus people who've been recruited into these studies who've actually said the majority of times that they really wanted some help giving Mm. up smoking. Have you got any thoughts about that? Um, I mean, we we did a survey beforehand and we did find that... um, the number of people that wanted to give up smoking was comparable with that of of the general population so they didn't seem to be um, a a particular difference there. Yeah, 
really interesting just thinking about my own practice mm. and, and the kind of perception that people with uh, more severe mental health difficulties might really struggle to give up smoking mm. uh, that smoking might be the only thing that they've got in their lives you hear that kind of thing so I think it's really important where that's kind of challenged some of those preconceived ideas and people have been able to participate. Yeah, because one of the things that people did say was that one of the reasons they spoke was to combat boredom and yes. they didn't have, you know, they didn't have a lot to do. So so that often led to them smoking. So what we did as part of the bespoke smoking um, cessation intervention was spend some time looking um, with them at other things that they could they could do that would take the place of, of smoking. We thought that that was really important because if every time they got bored, you know, that they it was leading them to smoke, then we needed to think about well, what can help with that yes. with that boredom in the first place. That's again, important, isn't it? Message that it's not just about the physical addiction. Mm. But it's about what helps a person to, um, you know, continue to abstain, to change their lifestyle yes. around, yeah. around smoking. And what kind of things did people um, put in place um, once they've given up smoking to kind of help maintain that? A lot of a lot of people initially tried to do things that um, would would occupy their, their mind yeah. or would actually get them out of, of the environment because of the environmental yeah. cues. So a lot of people would go for a walk um, or some people, do, you know, they do puzzles or do things that really kind of engaged, engaged yeah. their mind so that they weren't, they weren't thinking about it. It was really varied, um, actually. And what, what we did was try to get them to come up with their own yeah. solutions. Yeah. We, could, we could help them and give them a variety of suggestions that maybe other people had, had used um, but it was what they felt would work for them was was very important it's a very individualized approach yes wow. yeah that's yeah great. and um, i mean i know this because i've just heard your presentation <laughs> What were the, um, the main reasons that people said that they wanted to give up smoking for? Um, they realised that their physical health was, was suffering. That was one of the top reasons that they, that they wanted to, uh, to give up. And also financial reasons as, as well. You know, somebody who's got a, um, a, a really um, heavy smoking habit can be spending several thousand pounds a year on, on, on cigarettes. Um, and... You know, a lot of people said that when they stopped, then they actually totaled that up and they realised how much they'd been spending and how much more money they got to spend on other things that they really wanted to do. That that really brought it home to them. That yeah, you know, and and also I think that they'd done it themselves. They'd had that bit of support, but they'd done it themselves, and I think that really boosted their sense of, of achievement and actually you know they've probably been told a lot of times in their lives that oh you know you, you won't be able to do this you can't manage it and they've done something um, themselves which peop- a lot of people thought they couldn't do and that really boosted their confidence I think yeah. as well yeah it's really good isn't it really mm. good to hear. And, um, so what kind of outcomes have you been having kind of like are people continuing to abstain from smoking over a period of months? Has that been followed up? Yeah, so we looked at six and, and 12 months mm-hmm. um, as the times when we, we asked people whether they were still smoking and we also verified that with a carbon monoxide measure as, uh, as well. Um, and we did find that the people who had had the bespoke um, smoking intervention were... Um, 
were a lot more likely to have quit and stopped smoking than people in the um, in the, the usual care arm that we yeah, compared yeah. them with. That's great. And were they getting ongoing support, or did that stop once they'd been through the program? I guess a lot of them it was the nurses who they were working with. Was it was in some yeah. cases. In which case that 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 would that would carry on. Um, because it was a trial, we, we couldn't kind of carry on um, providing support after that. Um, but what we did um, do was, um, six weeks after we'd actually finished our contact with them, we offered them a follow-up call, and that was just to check, basically to see, well, were they having any problems with, say, getting NRT or, um, you know, or any other thing that we could just maybe contact the GP about and just try and, and ensure that the support or the NRT that they needed was was carrying on. Yeah, brilliant. I think we're about to start back, so any um, final points really for people who are listening online? I suppose from a from a nursing or a practitioner point of view, um, the feedback that I got from some of the mental health smoking cessation practitioners was was wonderful. You know, they said they they helped this person to stop smoking, and you know, in some cases, their physical they could they could see already the changes and the benefits to their physical health, and they said that actually being able to support somebody to do with that was amazing, and they'd just been. So so glad that they've done it. Oh, that's a brilliant, really positive message. Thank yeah. you.